King Jesus is listening when we pray. Amen. Hope everyone is having a great time worshiping the Lord. Amen. We, we do seem a little sluggish. We, we seem a little not feeling too good or didn't sleep too well last night. But knowing that God is able. To help you with that. Amen, amen. Today, what we want to talk about is how is your heart? How is your heart? Your heart, you know, reflects your, well, your attitude, I should say, reflects what's in your heart. My attitude reflects what is in my heart. I started looking when I was getting ready to do this. Pastor had sent me an email. He said, you know, let Carol know what you're going to preach about, you know, because it's always in the bulletin. I'm like, you know, I don't be knowing what I'm going to preach about until it gets closer to the time. <laughs> you know, sometimes God might move and let me know ahead of time. But this time, it was at the last minute, in the ninth inning. And I said, okay, I got it now. And then my brother-in-law, George, he, he confirmed me. He called me yesterday afternoon. He said, man, what you talking about? <laughs> So I said, I think I'm going to talk about the heart. He said, all right. So he dropped a whole lot of stuff on me <laughs> about the heart. <laughs> so, so it was right on time. So let's just open up with a word of prayer here. Lord God, we come asking you, Lord. Asking you, Heavenly Father, to remove me out of the way, Lord, and, and you come forth, Heavenly Father. Father, let whatever is said and done be done for your glory and your glory alone, Heavenly Father. Father, help me, Heavenly Father. Very like my mind and my body, Lord. Remove the fear and doubt, Heavenly Father. Calm me down, Heavenly Father, that I may be able to impart your word unto your people, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The heart. So let's just take a little look at the heart. So uh, the heart is, the, is your most important organ in your body. The heart actually, is, uh, as I understand it, says the average heart expands and contracts about 100,000 times a day. Yeah. So that means it's, it's pumping blood, yeah. expanding and contracting, a normal heart. If your heart is abnormal, it may not expand and contract as often because it's abnormal. But a normal heart, it says it pumps close to 2,000 gallons of blood. Throughout the body. That's a lot, isn't it? You take uh, a gallon jug of water and you say 2,000 of them, that's a whole lot. And that's how many, how much blood your heart pumps through your body. You said this vital organ is slightly larger than your fist. Just think about it. It It's slightly larger than your fist, and yet still God has orchestrated it. That it sustains you and pump blood to all throughout your body, the human heart. The heart is mentioned 725 times in the Old Testament in the King James Version. And it's mentioned 105 times in the New Testament. 
So that tells you something about the heart. So, so what is the heart? Right? So, so what it is? So I found something interesting here that I found on the Internet. And if you go to the next slide, talking about the heart. The makeup of the inner man, according to the biblical groupings of inward components that's in your heart. So we all know that the heart, where the spirit is, right? The the spirit, the, the mind, the soul, your conscience, your will and your emotions, all these things flows from your heart. We remember scriptures because we get in our heart. It said, Psalm 119, said, I have hidden nine words in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I got to hide it in my heart so that it knows when to come out when it's supposed to. See, not that I want to come out, but I want the word to come out when it's supposed to come out. In the heart, we keep truths and, and values, things that your parents taught you or your grandparents, or whoever it is that raised you, that was about our Lord and Savior. The things that they taught you is hidden in your heart, is in you. Our ethics, our learnings, our judgments, our visual influences, offenses and forgiveness, awareness of others, surroundings and traditions, in my belly or my womb, these things are, what? In my heart. And we know that the heart has a purpose, it's Sometimes it can be broken. Sometimes it can be healed. Our imaginations and thoughts, our understandings, all these things flow from the heart. So here is the question regarding your heart. Is your heart pumping love, joy, peace, gentleness, self-control, or is it popping hatred? Is it popping jealousy and, and envy? Unforgiveness? Hatefulness? Is it broken or is it scarred? What is your heart pumping? Maybe you are holding on to something in your heart that is affecting your attitude that you need to turn over to God. Maybe you're holding on to a previous relationship where you were mistreated. And now you don't know how to treat other people. Because it is affecting your heart. Maybe you're, you're holding on to an argument that got out of control. And you said some things that you shouldn't have said. And now your heart feels bad. Maybe you didn't grow in a household where you had a mama and father that told you that they love you. That they told you that they were proud of you. So you never learned how to love. Maybe you have some ungrateful children or some ungrateful friends or family that you help out, that you take care of, and they won't have the decency to even offer you a meal or take you out to dinner. Maybe you are hurt because you've been taken advantage of, so it has affected your heart and your relationships with others that you don't want to get close to anybody. Maybe you've been lied on or backstabbed. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about we need to strip off every weight and sin 
that does so easily besets us or trips us up. He says, you need to get rid of that thing. Because it's holding you back from having a right relationship with God and other people. And how are we going to get rid of this waiting sin? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, the one who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, you know, in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, he was talking about Judah's sin and judgment, that nation, right, of Judah, at the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. So Jeremiah was prophesying to that nation and, and telling them what's going to happen unto them. And then it gets down to, to verse 9, and he says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Do you know what deceitful means? Huh? It tries to trick you. It's in my heart. I want to get over on you. I want to be untruthful to you. I'm just full of deceit in my heart. That's bad. That's a bad thing to be that way in your heart. Jeremiah said, it is desperately wicked. Somebody said, brother, probably not my heart. Mm-mm. No, brother, I got a good heart. Ain't no bad in me. Uh, you, you better check that. I know sometimes people make you mad. And I know sometimes you use some of those words Instead of blessing them, you curse them. So check your heart. Because it may not be as good as you think it is. He said, it's definitely wicked. He said, who really knows how bad it is? Because you don't even know how bad it is. Until you're confronted with that situation. Or confronted with that trial or tribulation. Then you understand what you're made of. You're following here. James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. A lot of people are throwing the towel and say, look, it ain't no God. How would God allow 17 teenagers to be killed in Florida? How would God allow that? Why would God allow that young man to shoot those people, right? right? So, so, so we start getting some hate here, right? You start, you start blaming folks. Right? You're going to blame everybody. Even God. So God, surely you could have stopped that. Yes, God could have. Because <laughs> he's God. <laughs> but I got to tell you what it says in, in Genesis chapter 6 and 5 and 6. Did you know after God created the world, in six days, on the sixth day, he looked over creation. He said everything was good. Not only said good, he said it was very good. After he had created man, you know, he said it was very good. And then a few generations later in chapter 6, in verse 5, he said the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. He said and, the, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Think of that. He made man, said it was all very good, and a few generations later, 
He said, hold up, man. What happened to the human race? What happened to us? How can I all the time have evil thoughts in my heart? You don't even know the person next to you will be plotting your demise. You don't know. Person on your job. You follow me. My inclination and thoughts are evil all the time. It said in verse 6, pay attention to what he said in Genesis 6 and 6. It says, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. Y'all ain't with me yet. God's heart is broken because of his creation. We broke God's heart. God expected better from us. Don't you expect better from your children? Huh? And when they mess up, don't it break your heart to get that phone call and say, my son is in jail. Or my daughter is in jail. Doesn't it break your heart? God the Father did the same way. It broke his heart in what mankind was doing on the earth. He said his heart was deeply troubled. God. In the King James Version, said, it said, and it grieved him at his heart. And in the Living Version, it said, and it broke his heart. God's heart was broken because of us. Because of how we was living. There's something wrong with our attitude. Something wrong with it. Matthew 15, 18, Jesus said this. He said, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. You know how you say something, then you regret that you said it. But it was really in your heart. That's why you said it. If it wasn't in your heart, you would not have said it. But it is in me, it is a part of me, so it comes out of me at the wrong time. That's right, I said at the wrong time. I said, my, I got my supervisor. <laughs> she would say, she would say, uh, oh, oh I, I shouldn't have said that. That's, that's me speaking. That, that ain't, I ain't being politically correct. Right? That's me. I, I shouldn't say that. And us, we're the same way, right? You, you'll say something and you regret it that you have said it. But in truth, it was in your heart. Because that's why it came out of your mouth. That's what he said in Matthew 15, right? 15 and 18. He says, come out of the mouth, whatever come out of the mouth comes from the heart, and these things defile a person. For out of the heart <coughs> come evil desires, evil ideals, murder. Came, a young man in Florida, it came from his heart. Adultery comes from the heart. Sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander, it all comes from the heart. Jesus said, these are the things in verse 20 in Matthew 15. He said, these are the things that defile a person. It is not eating with unwashed hands that defiles a person. It's my mouth, because what I say truly comes from my heart. Some of us got an attitude where everyone else is wrong and we are right. You know, Pastor talked about it last week, right? He said, sometimes it's okay for you to be right and be wrong. Right? He said, we always got to have the last word because I got to always be right. So I got to have the last word because I know what I'm saying is right. You see, 
a lot of us don't understand here that we can see faults in other people, but we can't see them in ourselves. It, I can easily see what's wrong with you. But every day I look in the mirror, I can't see what's wrong with me. There is something in your heart that you need to be revealed unto you. There is something in your heart that you need to get rid of. Because it's affecting your attitude. And when something affects my attitude, I have no gratitude. You see, my heart... The psalm writer says in Psalm 27, 18, he said, As a flesh is reflected in the water, so the heart reflects the real person. As the flesh is reflected in the water or a mirror, hmm, so does the heart reflect the real person, who you truly are. You know, old Samson, you know, Samson loved Delilah in his heart. He really loved that woman. But Delilah wasn't thinking about Samson. She did not love Samson. You follow me? You can love somebody and they don't really love you back. And when somebody don't love me back, I'm hurt. Right? You're hurt. It causes pain in your heart because you love them. You, you gave them yourself. You poured into them, but it wasn't returned until you. So it scars my heart. It makes me act unruly. It makes me act ugly. Because I'm hurt. See, when you get hurt, you ain't the same person no more. When I'm hurt, I'm liable to do and say anything. Because I'm hurt. You you, you follow me here. But God is able to handle your hurt. Yes, he is. I need the Lord to fix my heart problem. Because I do have a problem. And the only somebody that can fix it is the Lord Jesus. Your girlfriend can't fix it. She's going to tell you, well, he hurt you. Go cut his tires up. She's going to tell you to reciprocate. You follow me? The word of God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Let God handle it and you leave it alone. God can help you overcome the problems in your heart. So, Brother Price, how are we going to fix this thing? How are we going to fix my heart, man? Because you know it's in pain. The Word of God has power to correct messed up hearts. It has the power to cure heartache. The word Jesus has the power, since it has the power to create, then it definitely has the power to correct you. The word of God convicts us. Because if you don't have any conviction, you can't have any correction. You got to be convicted so that you can be corrected. Timothy said in the second Timothy 3 and 16 and 7, he said, all scripture is inspired by God. What is it useful for? To teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. 
That's what it's for, to make you realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. The Word of God will correct you when you're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if the Word of God corrects me and wants to correct me, I must allow it into my heart in order for it to correct me. See, the problem with a lot of people is they got a barricade around their hearts. If you got something barricaded in, that means you don't want nothing to get in. And if you don't allow the Word of God to get in, it can't impact and change your heart. It can't change your attitude and how you treat people. You must allow it to get into your heart. Put down the wall. Anything that's so? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. It has the power to break those chains. Don't put your hope, your faith, and trust in a man or woman. They will disappoint you eventually. Not intentionally, but because we're mere humans. Isaiah says in Isaiah 2 and 22, he says, don't put your trust in mere humans. They are as frail as a breath. What good are they? He said, don't even trust in yourself. I don't even trust me. You follow me? Because the Roman writer said, he said, I know what's right and wrong. I know what's good. I know what's bad. He said, but he was always present. So that I, I would do the things that I hate the most. Ain't nothing good in me. You follow me? There's nothing good that dwells in me. People want to sugarcoat it, want to wash over it. Want to think that, oh, I ain't so bad. Not really that we're really filthy rags. You follow me? That's what we are in the sight of God. We are bad. Jeremiah said the human heart is what? It's the most deceitful of all things. It's definitely wicked. Who can know it? Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart. You follow. He said, with all, not part of your heart. He said, with all your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. So stop calling up your girlfriend. Stop texting her. Stop Facebooking her. She ain't got the answer. You follow me? Stop hanging out with your homies, going out, talking to your friends. Your, you know, your, my boy, what's up, my man? Man, my woman ain't doing right. I need some help, man. He said, man, go find you another woman. That's what your friend going to tell you. You follow me. That's what they're going to do. So go find somebody else, man. So don't lean until your own understanding. Seek his will and all you do, and he will show you which path to take. See, God's going to show you where you need to go and which direction you need to go in. If you let him, that's right, sister. You got to let him in. You know, David. He said, you know, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. But yet and still, David lied. Man, David was something else. Took another man's wife. A man after God's own heart. You follow me? Had a man killed. 
so we can get his woman. Oh, y'all ain't with me here. I said had a man killed so he can get his woman. You, you follow me here? That tells you something about their human hearts. That tells you how deceitful it is, how desperately wicked it is. When, when you conceive something in your heart, you're going to do whatever to make sure it comes to pass. You will lie. You will steal. You will cheat. You will kill. So how can it be a, a woman who, she couldn't have any children, but she's going to go steal another mother's child? Because she's in her heart so bad that she wants a child. How can a, a young man shoot up so many people? Because it's in his heart. The hatred. <clears throat> now don't get it twisted, brothers and sisters. Ain't nobody bored with that kind of hate. It's something that's either taught or something that happened to trigger it. You follow me? You ain't born like that. I ain't born hating white people. It is something that is taught. You follow me? White people are not born hating black people. It is something that is taught. And we know things that are taught to you as a youth, is getting, it gets in your heart. Until you allow God to take it out. <coughs> Stop putting junk in your heart. Oh yeah, I'm going to mess with y'all just a little bit about Facebook. Just a little bit. You know, I, I saw some disturbing things. You know, I, I don't have no Facebook account. My wife showed me some, something disturbing on Facebook. And it got in my spirit. It was very, very disturbing. I'm like, this is the kind of mess that they're putting on Facebook. This is the kind of mess that's permeating our children and adults' hearts. Because when she showed it to me, it stayed with me for a few days. It disgusted me. For days. Because it had got in my spirit. I said, I said, don't you show me nothing else on Facebook. It disgusted me. You follow me? Because it kind of got in my spirit. And that mind, that soul, that, that spirit that gets into your heart. Old David had to pen Psalm 51. Psalm say was penned when he committed that sin with Bathsheba. You know Uriah's wife, the, the wife that he took from the man. He said, in Psalm 51 verse 7, he said, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. I'm talking about how to fix your heart now. He said, wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again, because you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of guilt from me. See, God can remove that stain of guilt that you have, that, that sense of self-worthlessness. God can remove that from you if you allow him to. David had a stain of guilt. And he should have been for what he had done. And he says here, he says, don't keep looking at my sins, you move the stain. Then he says, create in me a clean heart. I want a clean heart. If you need to put some Listerine in it, put some in it. 
Clean your heart up. He said, oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. He says in verse 16, in Psalm 51, he says, you don't desire a sacrifice. Or I would offer one. Did y'all feel that? Did you feel that? Did you catch that? Huh? He said, I don't desire you coming to the church and your heart still ain't right. Y'all ain't with me. He said, I would offer sacrifice. But he says, that ain't what you want. No, sir. God, you know you want a burnt offering. The sacrifice that God wants is a broken spirit. See, you got to be broken down so that you can be remade. See, when, when a car engine breaks down, they remake it. They remanufacture it. They restore it. They put new parts in it. Some of you need some new parts. I need a new part. Oh, Lord, I, I, need, a new, I need a new aorta valve. Oh, Lord, I, I need some new veins going to my heart. I need some more blood coming into there, Lord. Because you know that hatred is filling it up. I need a new one. Some people get a new heart. Your father, I always wonder, if you got a new heart, I wonder if you take on the other person's emotions. That's what I want. You know, that's, those are things that can to think about. You know, do you take on how they act? Since I got their heart now. I'm sure there's something left in it. But that's what Calvin thinks about. <laughs> he says here, God desires a broken spirit. And guess what? God will not reject a broken and repentant heart. God won't turn you away. He will not turn you away. My good friend Ezekiel, Oh, yeah, I like Ezekiel. Ezekiel's rough. He says, in, in Ezekiel 36 and 25, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer wash your And I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. You know, the Ephesians writer said, I, I need to make allowances. Well, we need to make allowances for each other's faults. So, said, well, I got to make an allowance. And you a liar and you all been lying on me. I got to make an allowance for that. I got to make an allowance, Brother Carl. You stole my woman. I got to make an allowance for that? You follow me here? I got to make an allowance for your faults. You got to make an allowance for my faults. Remember, we're mere humans. The pastor ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. The Pope ain't perfect. He's just a man. We're just human beings. We make mistakes. Your father, even Billy Graham, they call him the pastor of America. He said some things that were anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic means against the Jews. Even Billy Graham, the pastor of America. I heard a writer, I was reading something, the writer said, he said, well, I'm getting distracted now. He says, well, where was Billy Graham during slavery? Where was his voice? We had Martin Luther King. 
But where was his voice? Where did he speak out? Because that was his time, right? He was doing that time. That's when he was popular. But that's something else for a different lesson. Just something to make you think about. God says here, well, I say here, maybe you are holding on to something in your heart <clears throat> that's really, really making you act the way you act. It's something that you need to ask God to help you with. You know, Peter, Peter was bold. Peter said, God, Lord God, he said, how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me? He said, how about seven times, is what Peter said. And what did the Lord say? Seventy times seven. You have to keep on forgiving till you get it out of your heart. That's why he said seventy times seven. Keep on forgiving till you get it out of your heart. Stop reminding me of stuff that happened 30 years ago. It's still in your heart. That's why you keep on reminding me about it. Get rid of it. You follow me? You be like a duck in water. Just let the water slide off. Just let what happened 30 years ago slide off your back. Don't hold it. Don't retain it. Get rid of it. And let God help you. You know, we need to come face to face with the truth about ourselves. Stop pretending you are okay. Stop thinking you are fine and nothing is wrong with me. Just because you look normal on the outside, it doesn't mean you're fine on the inside. Isaiah recognized his sinfulness. In Isaiah 6, 5 and 7, when he saw the glory of the Lord, this is what he said. He said, then I said, it is all over. I am doomed. For I am a sinful man. Not only did he say he was sinful, he said, I have filthy lips. And I live among people with unclean spirit of filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphims, seraphims is a mighty angel. He said, one of the seraphims flew to Isaiah with a burning coal he had taken from the altar. He got a pair of tongues and he he said he touched Isaiah's lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Jesus Christ didn't come into the world to convict you of your sin. He came here to save you from your sins. Not to convict you. Not to remind you. You follow me. He didn't come here to do that, but he came to save us. Remember that woman, and he went to Simon's house, the Pharisee. And they were in there, and then a woman came in, an uninvited guest. He said, Brother Price, why you know she was uninvited? <coughs> because Simon told Jesus, if you knew, if you were a prophet, you would know what kind of woman is touching you. Simon's problem was he had a condescending attitude Toward the person and not the sin. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Some of us have a condescending attitude toward the person and not the sin. Hate the sin and not the person. Hate sin, not people. That was Simon's problem. 
Well, he hated the woman because of sin. God can clean up your ugly attitude. Ask God to clean up your heart and your attitude. Ask him. The Proverbs writer says, in Proverbs 4 and 20, he said, above, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard my heart. That means i got to stop letting things in that's bad for it. That's right. Some of your friends ain't good for you. You need to pray for them and ask the Lord to change them. Your father, don't talk about them on Facebook. Pray for them. I got to guard my heart. I got to protect it from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. It's easy for us to get angry at that young man in Florida. Especially if it was one of your children. That's right. If it was one of my children, yes. I would be all over the NRA. You follow me? See, sometimes it don't affect us because it hasn't hit home. Not knowing that people are dying and starving every day. And we throw out good food. Understand the, the condition of me, the condition of my heart. And only God can help me to guard it. The Philippian writer says, don't worry about anything. Philippians 4 and 6. Instead, pray about everything. I got to pray about my attitude. I got to pray about my heart. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he already has done. Tell him what you need. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. His peace will. So thank God for what he's already done. You follow me. God can help change my situation. He can help me have a better attitude. Because as long as I dwell on it, and the enemy is going to use that occasion to always remind me of what you've done to me. He always is convicting me. You know he's called the accuser. He's always accusing me. But thank God for the blood. The blood of Jesus covers my sins. Covers your sins. Thank God that his blood is pumping in my heart. The blood of the Lord covers us. Matthew says in Matthew 11, he says, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come unto me, ye, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. A lot of people are carrying heavy burdens in their hearts. So, Brother Price, how is your heart heavy? It's heavy from children. You got a son that's addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs. That's a heavy burden for a, a mother and a father to carry. You have a son or a daughter that's in prison and will be there the rest of their lives. That's a heavy burden for a parent to carry. You, have a, you might have a son or a daughter that you got to take care of because they cannot take care of themselves. 
That's a heavy burden to carry. But Jesus says, come unto me, ye, all ye who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He said, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For his yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that he will give you is light. Jesus said, come unto me, ye, all ye who are weary and heavy burdens. So come to Jesus. For Jesus can help your heart. Amen. Amen, church. Jesus, invite him in to your heart. Invite him to help change your attitude. Invite him in to help change your mind, your, your, your thinking. How you act. How you treat people. What you say to people. I know somebody who's very good at helping you. I know somebody that's a good doctor. You follow me. This doctor is better than any psychiatrist. He's better than any doctor that prescribes, prescribes medicine. He's better than them. He's better than anxiety. Uh, y'all ain't with me here. He's better than all those things. And he can help your situation. Amen, church.